The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. The latest trends and hottest topics, love and sex, handled honestly and with passion. Here's Dr. Lori, CJAD 800. Sitting in tonight is Paris Mansouri. Welcome to Passion, a show all about sex, love, and relationships. My name is Paris. Like you just heard, I'm sitting in for Dr. Lori. She's on vacation. She's going to be back on Monday night. I've been keeping her chair warm while she's been away. You have basically had all the regular guests and panels tomorrow night. We are going to have the usual Sex in the News night with uh, my special co-host, a frequent guest on The Passion View. She's a content creator. Her name is Davison. She's going to be in studio with me, but tonight we are talking sex and technology with Dr. Jason Behrman of QueerTech Montreal. You can connect with him at QueerTech.ca. If you have any questions related to the topics we're discussing or you want to comment or join in the conversation, you can text us at 514-800 or call us at 790-0800. Thank you for being here, Dr. <laughs> Behrman. Be Dr. Jason or Dr. Behrman, which do you prefer? Oh, just Jason will work fine. No, we need a title. Okay, um... Dr. Jason. There we go. Dr. Jason. We're going to be talking about censorship of sexual content online, digital forms of flashing, and uh, we're going to make it near the end of the show talking about connected chastity belt. Yes. Can we get a tease up as to what that is? Uh, there's a category in the tech sector known as wearables, and it's now expanded to uh, develop these new forms of chastity belts that connect to your smartphone and the internet. And people use them as uh, games and for fetish play, and some claim that you could use it as a preemptive protection against sexual assault. How long have they been around? Uh, they're fairly new, but I, I found um, some of this work was going on since uh, 2007. Lo and behold. Wow. Well, we're going to be talking about that later on. First up, though, censorship of sexual content. Yeah, so there's a really disturbing trend that's been uh, occurring now on the Internet. And uh, we live in a very digital connect world. And so primarily most of our information comes from the Internet. And the Internet has become more and more dominated by uh, large corporate players. Determine what you can and cannot see online, whether it be through a Google search listing or through content that is posted on book. And we're starting to see um, growing waves of where adult content in a very blunt and overarching way is slowly being eliminated from search listings and also on many social media platforms and other um, services that are connected to Google. And it's raising some uh, stark concerns about uh, freedom of expression and also erasing many marginalized communities and also uh, vulnerable and and uh, typically excluded communities from internet discussion and also their ability to express their art, their culture, and also their views online. And so it's something that I, I would really like to inform the listeners about because there is a, a slippery slope problem here. So we've seen time and time again throughout history that quite often when we start to encroach on freedom of expression and freedom of speech, one of the first areas that we target in society relates to sexuality and sexual expression. And then it usually grows from there. Sometimes you may have people who argue, you know what, it's not such a bad thing. There is so much free porn online. There's so much nudity online, whether it's on Twitter that's easily accessible mm -hmm. and anyone can sign up to Twitter, yes. um, to, you know, tube sites, to uh, pay sites for adults. A lot of people would be like, you know what, Dr. Jason, 
maybe it's not such a bad thing. What do you say to that? Well, this is what we're going to unpack with this discussion because it's far more complicated. On the surface, it's it's very easy to make that kind of judgment, and and it's bang on. But when you start to scratch below the surface, you start to see that there's a lot of problems with what is occurring right now. So first of all, let's go back to the last discussion we had together when、uh, we were last year, this this past summer. Yeah, exactly. So、um, I was talking about、uh, issues. Well, first of all, like why is this happening? It was exactly the problem that you were saying is that、um, the、uh, internet there's there's a lot of like filth and lots of stuff that we don't want on the internet. And, and a it's lot of called these... sorry, we say filth, but it's a term that's used very generally. To some people, it's not filth; it's entertainment. Exactly. It, it's safe and it's creative and it allows for whether it's entertainment, whether it's inspiration, whether it's.、Uh, Teaching, learning, whatever you call it, it's quote unquote blanketed under that term. But filth is usually associated to something negative, and I just want to make sure all of our listeners know that we're not yucking anyone's yum at all.、And、no, I was choosing that on purpose because、really? the the problems that they're trying to solve is filth, meaning illicit content that we、okay. don't want online, such as the sharing of images of sexual assault、okay. or. Child pornography. Those、so、we definitely those are, want to get rid yeah, of. Yeah, and we put them under the um uh, under the the heading, the rubric of illicit content that is adult, and we don't want that on the internet because、okay. there's people being harmed in it. But it's not that easy to distinguish, especially uh through machine learning algorithms or other kind of computer programs to distinguish um what is correct and what is uh not illicit content, perfectly legal forms of uh pornography or Erotica and even artistic expression versus、uh, these illicit forms of adult、uh, <clears throat> content that we want to eliminate from platforms. So. Um, many of these、uh, internet providers and platforms, they don't exactly know what to do, so they try to enact、um, overarching policies to try to clean up and prevent the spread of this kind of content that we don't want. So it works pretty well, but it's not perfect. So,、um, for example, last time we talked about was、uh, Facebook was opening up their platform where you could preemptively upload photos of yourself in the nude or what other.、Um, Content that you undress, do not want、yeah. uh, to be shared on the platform, and the platform Facebook will encrypt that photo and then make it impossible for someone to come later and then upload that same photo to the platform and share it with anyone else. And this is to preemptively protect you from、um, revenge porn. It's called. So let's say you had a long-term relationship and you know you took some racy photos with your partner, and then all of a sudden you know the relationship goes sour and you're a little bit worried about where those photos might go. You could send it to Facebook. And they'll make sure that it will never be able to be shared. So.、Um A lot of these social media platforms, they will do this. They will go on、uh, online in a more broad way, and they do this in behind the curtain. You don't even know about it. And they will、um, upload content that they don't want shared on the platform if it's related to child pornography or sexual assault and stuff like that. And it prevents other people from uploading the content and sharing it afterwards. So it works quite well, but not all the time. And they're starting to see that some of this content that they don't want is still slipping through. So now they're starting to put. Like、um, 
uh, algorithms to recognize content of anything that is like a, a bare-chested woman or anybody doing anything that could be perceived as adult content, and they're trying to purge it from the site. And at the same time, all forms of artistic expression, erotica, uh, models that are uh, displaying lingerie or other kinds of uh, clothing, uh, a lot of that content is also being eliminated as well, and it's raising lots of questions. There's a second problem as well that I brought up uh, when we were together, which was new regulations called the SESTA-FOSTA regulations. And they're, okay. And we're going to talk about that coming up because I actually have a question about Facebook as well mm-hmm. before we move on to the second one. You're listening to Passion. We're on every weeknight from 10 to 11 p.m. talking love, sex, and relationships. My name is Paris Mansuri. I've been filling in for Dr. Lori while she's been away on vacation. She's going to be back with you on Monday night. Um, tonight, if you're just tuning in, it's Sex and Technology with Dr. Jason Behrman of Queer Tech Montreal. You can connect with him at queertech.ca. Any social media handles? Oh, yeah. We have a Facebook page and we have a Twitter account. And, uh, yeah, if you could, you could reach out to me on LinkedIn directly if you want. Uh, just uh, Jason Behrman, PhD. Wonderful. Your relationships on the line. Connect with Dr. Lori now. 514-790-0800. Passion. News Talk Radio. CJAD 800. Sitting in tonight is Paris Mansouri. Welcome back to the show tonight on the program. It's Sex and Technology with Dr. Jason Behrman of Queer Tech Montreal. And we have been talking about censorship of sexual Mm -hmm. content online. And right before the break, we were talking about Facebook. Basically, at first, a couple of months ago, saying, you know what, we're going to help prevent the spread of your, you know, private photos online. And fast forward a few months, it didn't work out exactly how they had planned. Okay, to clarify, it's not that it didn't work is it's more that uh, these uh, providers of these platforms online, uh, they will collect a lot of content that is illicit, and they will upload it to their platform and teach the platform to say, if anybody tries to upload and share content like this, it will not happen. Okay, Okay. so it will just prevent the sharing of uh, sexual assault images and uh, child pornography, for example. But the problem is it's it's a race that you can never win because there's always people that are developing new content. So you constantly have to be on the lookout to find this new content, upload it to the, the platform, tell the platform, don't let anybody upload this ever again. And you're just constantly running a race that you can never win. So they're starting to see that it's really, really hard to police the internet by using these kind of methods. So you have to have a more broad approach. Okay. And that's where things start to get a little bit complicated. And then on top of that, there was recently um, these new regulations passed uh, by the Trump administration called the SESTA-FOSTA regulations. And they were trying to curb um, human trafficking and and also the exploitation and, and predatory behaviors of people on uh, platforms trying to solicit or purchase um, sexual services online. And now that these regulations have come up, um, it's pushed a lot of people underground. It's, uh, it's, it's put a lot of heavy regulations on anything that could remotely resemble Anything related to the sex trade industry, even conversations, uh, even between friends, if you're you're joking around, sometimes that could be censored or you won't be allowed to ha- engage in those conversations now. Um, many sex trade workers who depended on platforms in order to conduct 
their their business and also find clients in a safe and reliable kind of way have been thrown out in the cold. And this vulnerable population now has fewer and fewer and fewer methods to use digital technology to um, form a community, uh, inform other sex trade workers, for example, of notable risks that exist out in society, et cetera, et cetera. So last time we talked, I, I raised this uh, new network, uh, social network called Switter, um, that uh, was developed in Australia in response to the SESTA-FOSTA regulations that was now putting a lot of censorship on sex trade work in many Western countries. So we have a new wave now, and there's going to be uh, a big problem, and there's been a big uproar on the internet lately. Um, by December 17th, Tumblr, one of the largest social networks, uh, a blogging kind of platform, will now ban all kinds of adult content, um, especially if it's related to GIFs, images, videos, um Pretty much adult content. But if it's related to, you know, artistic expressions such as erotica or images of sculptures or materials like that, th they say that will be fine. The, I, for, Tom, for anyone joining us right now, by the way, uh, this is Sex Tech with Dr. Jason Behrman of Queer Tech Montreal. Once a month, he joins Dr. Lori and we discuss sex and technology. And by the way, Dr. Lori's away on vacation. She's going to be back on Monday. My name is Paris. Uh, and I've been filling in for her. So about Tumblr. A lot of younger people, a lot of millennials, a lot of teens actually use it as a form of expression, oftentimes blog. It's a, it's not a blogging platform, but mm -hmm. a lot of younger uh, people do use it for blogging purposes, sharing inspiration, or I've seen people use it for writing erotic novels, erotic, um, uh, erotic cartoons. So it's used... In a, it's a creative platform that e that's used for various ways. Many artists yes. use it to display their work. Um, sometimes that could be uh, a little bit racy and a little bit erotic. Sometimes models will uh, use the platform as well to show them modeling clothing. And sometimes that clothing can be a bit racy as well. And they're starting to see a lot of their content is becoming uh, censored. And, uh, you know, a lot of art, it, 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 it walks a tightrope, you know, uh, some art is supposed to be explicit because that's the artist's vision. And it's not that it's, it's lewd or that it's pornographic. It's just that type of style. And sometimes there's like naked bodies in it. And a lot of these platforms, they're not being able to distinguish between art and content that's supposed to make you think and lewd content that people, uh, ought not to see. According Absolutely. to these regulations. So it's starting to get a little bit kooky now because now Facebook is seen to be clamping down on speech. So the types of words you use in messages that you post on the platform and also in private messages through the, the messenger system, it's starting to now block some conversations if the algorithm thinks that you're engaging in sex trade work or soliciting uh, sexual services. So it, it gets like weird, like some content that's like, hey, are you looking to have a good time tonight? Uh, the algorithm is recognizing that as something that should not be said. And so this raises a lot of concerns in terms of like how much freedom of expression will we have on these platforms in the near future? Is it just isolated cases where it gets a little bit strange? Or is this, you know, the start of something that's of greater concern? And now we're starting to see other corporations follow suit. So for example, Starbucks is now banning uh, the transmission of any kind of adult uh, sites through their Wi-Fi system. Uh, Amazon and Google have started to delist uh, products that are related 
to uh, human sexuality and, and, and adult content. So it's, it's becoming defavored and sometimes not listed at all. Or like it goes all the way at the bottom so that it makes it very hard for you to actually find. And so, yeah, this is based on a lot of good intentions, but it's like a, it's, it's painting everything with a very broad stroke. And um, sometimes these efforts don't work very well. So, for example, images of uh, Jesus on the cross crucified was being <laughs> identified as adult content and was being taken down. Um, Aboriginal women in different tropical regions of the world, like they, they quite often live their lives topless. Like this content was being censored. And that's unfortunate because there's like whole groups of people in this world that these Internet platforms are mistakenly um, labeling as lewd. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because if that's happening and if all of a sudden this uh, this, you know, the Internet, which was a platform for communication that's kind of like led to magazines and books going, quote unquote, extinct mm -hmm. or video stores, you know, mm -hmm. are we going to start seeing those things pop back up because they're not going to be able to to communicate online or post online anymore you, oh i doubt it because uh, digital technology is just so easy to implement and it, it's it's uh, very cost effective as well so what you're starting to see now is a backlash where people are developing alternative platforms that are just that that embrace freedom of expression and that initial concept of the internet as being this bastion where everybody has a voice and everybody has equal opportunity to express themselves so there was other strange occurrences as well. Like there's um, a very iconic photo. It, it won the Pulitzer Prize, I believe, from the Vietnam War that shows uh, children running in horror. And um, their clothing had been burnt off by uh, napalm that was being thrown all over the jungle um, during the war. And it was like burning their skin. And the um, journalist who took that photo uh, won the Pulitzer because it showed the world, the atrocities of war and how no matter how hard you try, there's going to be civilian casualties. And we have to be aware of that every time our society or our government decides to go to war. It's like this. These are the ramifications of war. And so um, this iconic image was being censored on platforms like Facebook and others because, because it was being mistakenly children. associated yeah. with child pornography because it showed uh, new children running in horror. But like the algorithm couldn't pick that up. Um, yeah. So, oh, lots of sex ed and, um, uh, health related and medical related content also is becoming, uh, mistakenly flagged as inappropriate as well. So that's really unfortunate. And, a lot of these people on these platforms like Tumblr, like you said, it's a great place for creative expression. Well, we're starting to see that these censorship rules and uh, regulations are disproportionately affecting artistic expression, sex trade workers, people that have alternative lifestyles and alternative sexualities, and um, many minority groups, especially LGBTQ people, trans and non-binary people discussing their everyday lives and showing their, their realities as well. A lot of that is now getting censored. So what's the real problem here? Well, it goes even further because I and many other people say like, hey, there's a blatant double standard going on here. We put so much effort on uh, uh, censoring uh, adult content and sexuality. But like, what about all the annoying ads where we get bombarded with sometimes with um, misleading information? What about all the filthy hate speech that we see on all these platforms? I don't see them solving that problem all that that well. What about all the propaganda and fake news? They don't seem to be censoring a lot of that kind of content or they're not very successful, let's just say. So why are we putting so much emphasis on, you know, adult content and sexuality? 
And not only that, is that we're starting to chip away and censor so much adult content that only mega corporations will be able to post adult content and pornography in general online. And that really limits what we will ever be able to see in terms of human sexuality. And, you know, the kind of content that we see on these mega corporate uh, sites related to the adult industry, it's it's like hardcore porn and it's stuff that's supposed to be engaging and to sell in terms of, you know, that kind of sexuality. There's very little room on these those kind of major corporate platforms for artistic expression, erotica, alternative lifestyles, so on and so forth. So it raises a lot of questions that in the future, adult content will be dominated by a few corporate players and they're going to determine what is appropriate and not and what and like how we define human sexuality. It seems like the not only the platform is changing, but the the environment, the social environment that's going to accept what is accepted mm-hmm. is changing as well. So it's not just the censorship, but it's also the people who are in control of creating the content that's changing. You're listening to Passion. We're on every weeknight from 10 to 11 p.m. talking love, sex, and relationships. Tonight, we are discussing sex and technology with Dr. Jason Behrman of Queer Tech Montreal. If you want to join the conversation, if you have any questions or comments, you are always more than welcome to share. You can text us at 514 800 and it's 514-790-0800 to join us by phone. Right now, though, CJAD 800 News Time is coming up to 10.30, and it's time to get the latest from the newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. It's Sex Out Loud, and you're welcome to listen in. Passion on CJAD 800. Sitting in tonight is Paris Mansouri. Welcome back to the program. Dr. Lori is away. She's on vacation. She's going to be back on Monday night. I've had the privilege of keeping her chair warm while she's been away. And during this time, we've had the regular guests and panels. Tonight is no different. We have our monthly sex and technology conversation with Dr. Jason Behrman from Clear Tech Montreal. How, again, can people get in touch with you? Um, one of the easiest ways to get in touch with us is at our website, queertech.ca, but we also have a blog on medium.com, a Facebook page, a Twitter page. And, what are uh, those pages? How can you Oh, if you handles? just do uh, Queer Tech MTL or Queer Tech Montreal, it should pop up. And what is Queer Tech Montreal? We're a community advocacy group that represents LGBTQ professionals in the technology sector, and uh, we have a focus on LGBTQ technology entrepreneurs. So you help them out? Like, that's the work that you do? We host monthly events. Um, we now have 1,600 members on our um, meetup.com group. So go to meetup.com. And uh, we host monthly events where we will have uh, information sessions, tutorials, um, uh, lots of speaking events uh, by uh, prominent uh, LGBTQ uh, business leaders or uh, technology experts. Um, we're open to everyone. So uh, everyone's allowed to come and uh, our our events are really great, I must say. And they're great even for if, networking and professional development. Right. So even if you do not identify as LGBTQ. Oh, we have a full open door policy. Inclusive. You better believe it. Absolutely. And that's how we like it on Passion as well. So we were talking, we're going to talk about um, digital forms of flashing and sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. But if you're just joining us now, earlier in the program, we're talking about censorship of sexual content online. And uh, Dr. Jason brought up uh, Tumblr and how Tumblr is now blocking and censoring content that 
they quote-unquote consider adult, but it runs... Adult content, exactly. but it's very broadly construed. It's a very, very wide So it's stroke. even censoring creative expression and communities. Right. We have Damien on the line, and he has a question. Damien? Yes, hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, I had a question for, for Dr. Jason. Um, I'm actually part of the LGBT group, and I do have alternative lifestyle at the same time, and I'm definitely affected by the fact, well, affected, the fact that Tumblr, uh, as of the 17th, is going to stop uh, most of the content uh, that I actually enjoy watching and, and viewing on Tumblr. However, my question, um, being devil's advocate here, it didn't cost me anything to be part of Tumblr. It doesn't cost most people to be part of Tumblr. You have a choice of being there or not. So what do you say to people who, who say, well, you just have to go elsewhere, or it's their right to do that? And it could be Tumblr, but it could be anyone, Facebook or whatever. All these places, these platforms, we're not actually paying for. What's your thoughts? That's a really good point. And uh, yeah, everybody has the ability to go transfer to a new platform. And I, I undoubted, I, I, I'm absolutely certain, let's say that that's what's going to occur. However, a lot of people had a, a, a large community on these platforms, and sizable numbers of followers. And there's something called a network effect on these technology platforms. And that when you reach that critical mass of like a, a community and lots of followers, it makes it very hard for you to move to another platform and then build that up again from zero so um, for some people this could just be a pain in the behind for other people this could be really devastating to their career especially if they make a living off of uh, artistic expression for example and trying to show their artistic photography and and whatnot and also um, sometimes if your if your community gets a little bit knocked down um, it's hard to build that community back up does that answer your question damien Definitely, definitely. I'm, I'm definitely disappointed what Tumblr is but doing, but uh, hey, we'll, we'll live with it and we'll see what happens. Thank you so much for your call and for tuning in. If you want to join in the conversation, you can definitely do that, 514-790-0800, or you can text us at 514-800. So let's talk about digital forms of flashing and sexual harassment. So what is digital flashing? Okay, so I'm not referring here to uh, penis pictures being uh, sent to you via text messages that are unsolicited. This is something that is a bit different. And so there's a growing number of people that are coming forward, especially uh, if they uh, use public transit in major cities like London and New York. Uh, people are coming forward and saying that their airdrop function on their smartphone, they're getting um, random people sending them images of either like lewd images that they do not want or images that contain like a photo of uh, something that has text on it and the text the what is written in it on in, in terms of the text is quite vile and sometimes disturbing and so what this is uh, how this occurs is through something called an airdrop function on iPhones and other uh, Apple products there are similar uh, services available on Android and others but um, I'm going to focus just on on airdrop so with this function it makes it very easy for you to share files of any kind um, without having to send an email or punch in a phone number. So if two devices are in close proximity, you could send uh, the file through Wi-Fi or through Bluetooth, like up to 30 feet away. And um, what you do is once you activate uh, the function, it shows you a list of different devices that are in proximity, and then you could send the file to them. So it's really great if you're doing collaborative work in, a, in an office setting and all that. And um, the default for this 
is to uh, only be able to send content between people that you know on your contact list. But sometimes when you're working in an office or another context, sometimes you will just slip the setting to everyone uh, just to facilitate that kind of exchange. And you forget. And you forget. And then you go on the train or the subway and you're crammed with a whole bunch of people. And then all of a sudden people are starting to get files that are uh, lewd, that they don't like, and others that are sometimes threatening and, and just like bizarre, like some of the stuff I've read online, like it was creepy. And so people are calling this a, a, a form of cyber flashing. So remember in the good old days when a flasher would just be that person in a trench coat in the park and then they would just step in front of you and they would open up the trench coat? Well, now they've gone digital. And just the fact that we're saying, remember when, as the if it was the good old days, <laughs> it really isn't. And it's very scary, especially if you think about, um, you know, teens, young people riding mm -hmm. the subway yeah. or, you know, your your parent or whoever. It's completely unsolicited and you don't know where it's coming from. Yeah. That's the other scary part. So all of a sudden you're either in a cram space or let's say it's late at night mm -hmm. and there's maybe three or four people on the subway or on the bus or, you know, in a park or, or wherever you are and you're alone and all of a sudden this 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 text or this image appears you don't know where it's coming from and mm -hmm. it really it's it's a violation of your space mm -hmm. um we're going to keep talking about this you're listening to passion we are on weeknights from 10 to 11 p.m talking love sex and relationships my name is Paris Mansuri. I got a text message uh, saying I don't recognize this voice. It is not Dr. Lori. She has been away on vacation. She's going to be back on Monday night. Tonight, we are having a conversation about sex and technology with Dr. Jason Behrman of Queer Tech Montreal. You can send us your questions at 514-800 or you can join our conversation by phone 514-790-0800. Straight talk that's all inclusive. Passion with Dr. Lori. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Sitting in tonight is Paris Mansouri. Welcome back to the show. We've been talking sex and technology with Dr. Jason Behrman of Queer Tech Montreal this evening. And we were just discussing digital forms of flashing and sexual harassment. And basically, that guy in the park who used to flash people, well, you don't see what he looks like anymore, but you're still getting flashed. And Dr. Mm -hmm. Jason was explaining how that's happening. Yeah, so it's through this uh, airdrop function on smartphones. And what's creepy about it is that both the sender and the receiver can both remain anonymous. So this person can use something like a shotgun approach, I guess you could say. It's very nonspecific. So if you're in like crowded public transit, they could send this image to a whole bunch of people randomly, and you will never know exactly who it is. So to keep yourself safe, number one, if you ever get a file that that you did not ask for specifically, never click on it, never open it. But you can you, decline it. You could decline it, but you will still see the thumbnail. That's the problem. So you could still get a snippet image or a compressed image of what this person is trying to send you. And sometimes that's still enough for you to see what it is. Um, if you're ever leaving work or, or some other context, uh, just think about changing the settings on your airdrop. Um, uh, the default is to leave it on contacts only. I think it's a good idea to leave it on that. Um, if you want even higher uh, protection, switch it to receiving off is the, is the term. And if you want to know how to do this, just uh, do a search online, like how do I switch airdrop to receiving off or contacts only? And there will be a step-by-step -step guide available for you. And just to recap anyone joining right now, the airdrop function serves as a way to receive files or share files with people instead of texting it or instead of emailing it. Mm -hmm. um, like, for example, if you're at an office 
office and you want to share an image or share a file or if you're at a dinner party with your friends or family and you take a bunch of selfies or you take a bunch of pictures and it's too big to email or text message mm. and you 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 can use the airdrop function that's the functionality it's actually pretty handy yeah but it can be used for bad purposes unless you're protecting yourself just like dr jason explained yeah yeah and so this is something that's growing more and more attention since uh 2015 that's when a wave of people started to make complaints but that's done now let's move on to connected chastity belts because we're running out of time yes absolutely it's something that dr jason brought up and i'm like what does that even mean what does that even mean so i was doing research for this show uh a way back uh a ways back and i i will do uh, research on patents that have been filed lately and so i started to look into patents that were filed on anything that was related to undergarments or lingerie to see if something interesting would pop up and then i came across these things called connected chastity belts and i was like chastity belts i remember that that's from like the medieval era right when they used to police women's bodies by putting on these like metal armors over their their genitals and they were locked and it was uh it was to keep them chaste and you know protect their virginity before marriage and all things like that and then you know they disappeared because i they love were... how your tone became floaty and airy as you <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 really ridiculous um i i looked into it uh, a bit more and it turns out that uh, there's not much historical evidence to show that these chastity belts were actually widespread in the medieval era and a lot of them were removed from uh, museums because they were found to be fakes but anyways yeah they um they they were like made in the 19th century not in you know the year 400 or something like that but anyways they've come back and now people started to develop undergarments that you could connect to the internet or to your phone and you could control whether or not you could remove them using these kind of functionalities and people use them for fetishes so uh to submit to a, a, a dominant who will control um, your abilities to unlock the chastity belt or the undergarment, um, sometimes as uh, games between couples. And others will uh, claim that they could use it as a protection. So you could wear the garment and um, it will only unlock when you get home or whatnot. And that could protect you from potential sexual assault on your way home from work or whatever it is. So I I don't know if that would really be effective. But anyways, it's an interesting concept. Did you have a chance to see what this looks like? Oh, yeah. yeah. You could okay. go online and you could see them. They have some interesting contraptions. I find the one for men is a little bit more complicated and more interesting <laughs> because it will actually go in like a cage that will encase the genitalia while with women you could just have you know um very stable undergarments let's just say and a very uh, well locked bra so for example they they developed a, a game kind of undergarment for women um uh, so it's a bra that will only open after your heart rate reaches a certain level so only what? when you're in the heat of desire or uh really excited will the device actually unlock and the bra will come off so i think that could be kind of fun between you know people that are engaging in intimacy you can only go to a certain level if you actually get that person excited to a certain point and the device has a sensor that registers your heart rate for example they have other ones that you could connect to the internet and you will only be unlocked from your chastity belt when some unknown person anywhere in the world um, sends you the digital key to unlock it. Oh my goodness. Sometimes you could do it anonymously and sometimes um, you don't even know if it's just computer code on the other end and there's just a random timer that has been set so you have no idea how long you might be locked in that thing. 
You know, when you said connected chastity belts, I'm like, who? I thought you were going to mention it coming from a country that's more conservative and that they've come up. And no, it, it turns out that it's something total for opposite. Yeah. You're yeah. smiling big. It's very unexpected. Oh. And have they, how long have these been around? I, I've been finding evidence of them from 2007. Um, yeah, I, I have to double check, but I believe some of the patents that I saw were being filed in 2007, about the same time that smartphone technology came out on the market. And when when we see stuff like this, it's kind of like, I always enjoy it when it looks like something that was used to suppress. Yeah, is oppress actually, women. Yeah, yeah. Suppress, and now it comes back as a game. Exactly. It's oh, so ironic. Yeah. But don't you find that that's prevalent in, in, the, in, in sexuality? Mm, I don't know. I would have to think about that. But I know that there's a key difference here is that chastity belts uh, back in the day were used ex ex almost exclusively to police women's bodies and to control their sexuality. And now they come back and they're used as, you know, a fetish, something fun, a way to express your sexuality. And it's both for men and women, which I thought was quite interesting. Is there any research on who's, well, not enough research probably, but is there any conversation about who's using it more? Um, I know it's popular in the fetish BDSM community, and um, I don't know if it's very popular with couples as a game. Okay. But um, I don't know. It's not something that people really talk about, so I don't, I, I'm not familiar. Any or prices? Even, if they know. Um, I'm not going to endorse any product. Oh, no. I'm not saying endorse a product or not, but the price range. I, it depends. Do you want a gilted golden cage around your <laughs> genitalia, or do you just want like a simple plastic one? Um, I don't know. <laughs> okay, but we're talking hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars? Um, there are some that are pretty pricey for a, a well-made uh, product, and then others that go down to more affordable, like a... Like a hundred bucks, I believe. Wow. I have to double check. Yeah. Okay. Well, if any of you listeners have tried it out or are going to try it out, text us 514-800. Let Dr. Lori know that you're texting about the show that you heard Dr. Jason Behrman discuss, uh, Connected Chastity Bells. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. If you want to connect with Dr. Jason, it's queertech.ca. You've been listening to Passion. Thank you so much for tuning in, for uh, joining the conversation. That's it for me. Tomorrow night, we're going to have Davison in studio with us for Sex in the News. I want to thank Dave Simon on the other side of the glass for getting this show to air. My name is Paris Mansory. You can connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Paris Mansory. Tune in for the news. It's up next. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to fill your life with passion.